Life is hectic, so wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with Factor's chef-crafted and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. With over 35 options a week, including keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and more, they've got a variety that fits your lifestyle. Factor has restaurant-quality meals ready to heat and eat in just two minutes. They also have various easy options for the entire day, from breakfast to midday bites, smoothies, and more. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is a nutritious and delicious experience, and it won't break the bank. You can customize your meals by choosing 6 to 18 per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule deliveries anytime to fit your schedule. Factor meals are 100% hassle-free, giving you more time for what matters. Head to factormeals.com slash otherside50 and use the code otherside50 to get 50% off. That's code otherside50 at factormeals.com for 50% off your delicious, hassle-free meals. I'm Dean Braxton, and I have a story of dying and going to heaven. I want to first let you know a little bit about myself and what I was doing during the time that this happened in my life. I was working in the Seattle area, working for the county there, King County, and I was a supervisor in the uh, probation department of the uh, juvenile courts there in Seattle. I ran what they called treatment court and drug court, and I was over those programs within the court. I also was on the management team for the juvenile justice system there in Seattle. So I was loving my job. I enjoyed working with adolescents. I used to say all the time, I would do it until the day I died, and then I died. I didn't expect coming back. I thought I was once you die that you would be gone and, and that would be it. Even people that had these type of stories, it was hard for me to believe that this would really happen where a person could go to heaven and then come back to earth. I thought once you left, you just left. I did hear the stories before, but I always had in the back of my mind doubt. So May 5th, 2006, I ended up with a kidney stone that got stuck on the right side. I had kidney stones before, so I knew it was a kidney stone right out the bat. I thought I could probably wait it out or go through it and it would kind of like the pain would go away. But that time it didn't go away. And I ended up in the emergency room in Federal Way, Washington, that's where we lived at. And I remember going into the emergency room just kind of like nonchalant, say, eh, I got a kidney stone. It's over here. And I knew what they would do because I've been through the procedures before and I knew they would take me into a room and they would give me morphine and the pain would go away. <laughs> and that's what I really wanted more than anything else is the pain to go away. I also had a kidney infection because anytime you're blocked up in that area and things are fester and you end up with a kidney infection. And they gave me antibiotics for that kidney infection and they decided they would keep me overnight and they would do the operation. And so that kept overnight, gave me antibiotics. The operation the next day went pretty smoothly. They broke up the stones, but they also what happened and they found out later on that I was one of those persons that the antibiotics they gave to didn't really impact the infection that I had. So when they broke up the stones, the poison went into my bloodstream and I became what you call septic and everything in my body started shutting down, not just my heart and my lungs. 
According to the medical records, I was considered clinically dead for about an hour and 45 minutes. And so during that time frame, there was a lot of things that took place that I will probably share some of those things in this video that you're getting ready to watch. But one of the things that really got me is even the process of even the, the dying piece. You know, when it really came down to it and I knew I was dying, I was surprised how much fear I didn't have. I'm born again, a Christian, and I knew that you go to heaven uh, when you die. And I was looking forward to it, even when I realized I was dying. And this is before I died. I came to the realization because I couldn't breathe. The poison was going in through my lungs and I could hardly breathe. And I said to myself, I'm dying. And all I could say after that was, I'm going home. And so later on, when I left my body, I always call it leaving the body. Some people call it dying. I call it leaving the body because of the experience I had. I remember leaving my body and, and really shooting through the hospital floors and even going into the blue sky. And I remember going into outer space and it was really fast. I used to always try to figure out how fast it was. I say, well, was it fast like the speed of sound or was it fast like uh, the speed of light? And it was really faster than that. And I do read my Bible, and I remember reading this one scripture that says to be absent from the bodies, be in the presence of the Lord. And all I could say was, that was it, that was it, that was it. That's what really happened. I was moving that fast. I always say faster than a person could blink their eye. By the time the top eyelid hits the bottom one, I was there. I was already in heaven. That's how fast it was. As I was going into that realm, and I remember seeing before me, I've heard people say, beforehand that they saw like a light at the end of the tunnel because it's really dark in this one area there. And I can remember it wasn't a light just like at the end of a tunnel to me. It was like a window. It looked like a window. I'm not saying it was a window, but that's the best way description I could say as I was look going toward this light that was before me. It looked like a window. I remember when I came in through that window, oh man, even telling you right now, I still get the same kind of feelings of how it was because everything was right. There was nothing wrong. It was peace, past peace, really. It was nothing to be peaceful from. There was nothing that would agitate you there, nothing that would get on your nerves. And the thing that got me more than anything else is I fit. I remember I came in there and I didn't know how out of place I felt before until I went through this experience because I went in and I fit all of a sudden. The other thing that got me is I knew I was welcome there. Everything in heaven was welcoming me there, everything. I'm not just saying God Almighty or Jesus Christ or the Holy Spirit. I'm saying everything in heaven literally was glad I was there. And I felt it by looking at everything around me. There were trees there. I felt welcome from the trees. I um, looked at flowers. They seemed to welcome me. I remember looking up into this, into the atmosphere. The atmosphere was glad I was there. It was like everything there was so glad I had showed up. You know, one of the things I wanted more than anything else when I got there, and I didn't even know this desire was on the inside of me until really I got there. And that was, I really just didn't want to be in heaven. I wanted to see Jesus Christ. I wanted to see him face to face. That was so important to me. I even later on would tell the people, well, I was with the Father and Jesus. I wouldn't even say heaven. I would just say I was with the Father and Jesus. And some people say, weren't you in heaven? And I remember thinking later on to myself was, you don't get it. Heaven's not heaven without the Father and Jesus. They make up heaven. 
Oh, and I came to understand it's not a place you want to be in, it's a person you want to be with. So as I was going through a forest, there was a forest before me, a bunch of trees in front of me, and I didn't come in like, the best way for me to describe is this. It seemed like I came off the ocean <laughs> on a beach, and then there was, before me, was this, what do you say, all these trees, and I knew Jesus Christ was through those trees. And I remember thinking that I got to go through those trees to see where he is. It wasn't a beach. It was no ocean that I came off of. That's what it just felt like that I had uh, the best experience I could say that it felt like was I was going through those trees. And as I was going through those trees behind me, I was leaving what I just came into. And the trees, and this is unique. I know some of you may think, okay, he's gotten out there a little bit. But they did. They parted before me. And I felt like they were saying on both sides of me, he's going to see the king. He's going to see the king. He's going to see the king. That's what I felt like they were saying. I wasn't really looking at him. I wanted to be where Jesus is. So I was really concentrating more than anything else on being where he is. And I remember coming through those trees. And when I came through, I remember coming out into this clearing. You could call it a meadow. You could call it a, I don't want to call it a pastor because there wasn't a whole bunch of cows out there or anything. But it was a wide open space. And I saw Jesus. He was more to the left of me when I came out of through these trees, rather. And he was looking at a bunch of some angels and some what I call redeemed people that had been on the planet, rather, and left the planet and went to heaven. He was looking at them and I knew he was communicating to them. He was talking to them. And I can remember coming up to him and seeing him. And the first thing I did, I didn't stand up and really approach him. I got so close to him. And then I went down on my hands and knees. I remember that. And I was looking at his feet. Now, when I say I was looking at his feet, he was still facing the multitude of the crowd before him, and it was millions of them, billions of them, really. I really don't count the number of how he was communicating or the many of he was communicating with, but I can't tell you it was a lot. <laughs> I can just tell you it was a lot, okay? <laughs> but I remember coming up on him, on the side of him, like he's standing like this, and I came up on this side of him, and I went down on my hands and knees, and I was looking at his feet, and I was looking at the side of his feet. I wasn't looking at the front, you know, I was looking at the side of his feet and all I could do is I kind of raised my head up enough to see part of his legs, never really his face at that moment. And all I could say was, you did this for me. And everything inside of me, everything about me at that moment knew that the only reason I was in heaven is because of what Jesus Christ had done. And it just over, it was, I won't say it overwhelmed me. Everything was so grateful in my being that he had done that for me. That the next thing I could only do was say, thank you, 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 thank you. It was so wonderful. Then the next thing I experienced after saying thank you, I really wanted to keep on saying thank you. And it wasn't so much that I was, how I put it, wasn't saying just thank you with my mouth. Every time I opened my mouth, it seemed I already said the words in my head and he heard them. He heard him before I said him out loud, <laughs> you know, which later on I came to understand I didn't have to open my mouth to communicate with him. I could just thank it. He could hear it and back and forth and everything there was that way when it came to communication. You know, it was more the thought, as I say. So I'm thanking him. And as I'm thanking him, I stop and just thank to myself at that moment. The only reason I'm here, I felt that way 
at the beginning of this. And then I said, oh, the only reason I'm here is because of what he had done. And I was so grateful. Oh, I was so grateful. I just remember how grateful I was that he had done this for me. And it felt like he only did it for me. Mentally, I knew he had done it for everyone. But personally, I took it on as so personal that you literally not only died on the cross so that I could be here, but you created all of heaven just for me. I don't want to say I was being selfish because I wasn't, but that's what I felt like. He had done it just for me. So as I was thinking that, I was looking at his feet and all of a sudden I realized I was experiencing all this love for me through his feet. Now you gotta remember, I'm looking at the side of the feet. It isn't the feet right in front of me. It's the side, because I'm on the side of him. He's about oh, one fourth to the side of me this way. And I was looking at the feet and their feet loved me. I can't even explain the love I was receiving from the feet of Jesus. Again, I was. it was seeming like he only loved me. Mentally, I knew he loved everyone. But when it came personally, the love I was receiving from him was like it was only for me. It was made for me. It would fit me. It wasn't made for anyone else. Later on, I came to understand that that's really how God's love is. It's not a blanket love where we're like, we all breathe in the same air or we all jump into the same pool of water and we're enjoying the same pool of water. It really, the way it is, I came to understand is that God Almighty, when we are created inside of our mother, that he literally creates love for us that no one else could receive but us. What I mean by us, I mean individually tailored made. You that are hearing me right now, God created love for you that only you could receive. And it is your love. And so sometimes that's why sometimes when you in the presence of God or you feeling God, you feel like, oh, he loves me so much. Well, it's your love. It fits you. And that's what I was experiencing through the feet was this individual tailor made love for me that it seemed like, yeah, he only loved me. Well, the reason for that is because that love was made just for me. You know? So then now listen to this. This is good. For then, I started looking up his body. I looked up from his feet to his ankles. His ankles loved me. I saw his calves. They loved me. I saw his knees. They loved me. Everything about him I looked at loved me. His hands. They loved me. And then I got to his face, and he looked at me. And this is what really, one of the things that still to this day is one of the things I'll go back to every once in a while and just grab. He looked at me. Like I never, ever disobeyed him in my entire existence. That really got me. And it wasn't like I was there saying, wait a minute, why are you looking at me like that? Because I know what I did wrong. <laughs> you know? It was really, I got back to the planet Earth that I thought about that look and I thought, he looked at me like I never, ever, 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 ever disobeyed him or what we call sometimes sin. You know, I never sinned before. And then I thought about it later on that when he said he forgive you, he forgets it. You know, I read the Bible and the Bible even says that in the eighth chapter of Hebrews and also the 10th chapter of Hebrews, it literally says that when God forgives you, he forgets it. I experienced that look from Jesus. Now I'm looking at his body, it's all loving me. If I concentrated on one finger, it would love me. And so I was looking at his face and his cheeks and his eyes, everything about him, his ears, they all loved me. And then I looked into his eyes and I remember looking into his eyes 
And what did I see? The love for me like he only loved me. How I could think of the best way to express it was, I knew that I was an eternal being that I would never die. My body died, but me, the real person on the inside of this body will never die. But the best way for me to describe what I saw when I looked into his eyes was, it looked like his love would outlast me. The love he had for me would outlast me. It can't outlast me because I'll live forever. But that's the best way for me to describe it. And maybe I describe it that way because when I looked at it, it was like, he loves me. And I would think about it. And by the time I thought about it, he loved me more. And by the time I think about it, he loves me more, again, he loved me more than that. I was behind in the sense of grasping how much he loved me because every moment he was creating more love for me in that moment. So maybe that's why I describe it in the sense that it looked like his love would outlast me because it seemed like it was just getting greater and greater and greater and greater and greater. So then I thought about some of my family members. I remember I thought about my wife and I saw the love for her like he only loved her. In an instant, it went in his eyes from loving me to this is how much I love her. I thought about some other people, my mother, and all of a sudden I saw the love for her like he only loved her. I mean, and then all of a sudden I say something. <laughs> you know, I, I really hate to admit what I say, but I said it to him. And I remember, thought to thought, now I've got it. You don't have to open your mouth. So I'm, I'm talking to him and I'm talking to him, thought to thought. And I said, you really do want everyone here. That's what I say to him, you know, that he really, 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 really wants everyone there. And it was like, wow. Now I've heard that before. People told me those things before. I was taught that before, but now I'm seeing it in the face of Jesus, really in his eyes, that he really does want everyone there. After that engagement, with him and he downloading some things inside of me. I call it downloading like a computer. It's a program downloaded in them. He looks at me and he says, no, it's not your time. Go back. But like that, that's how he says it. I was kind of okay with it, you know? And I remember I didn't go through the forest after that to go back to where I came in to heaven. I went over the forest. It's like I, I flew over it. There is not really flying. You can literally say, I want to be 10 feet above the uh, surface there. And you could go 10 feet above. And it's like you're standing on solid ground. The best way I could describe it to you that read your Bible is like when Jesus walked on water. He didn't sink in it. He could walk on it. Same thing with the atmosphere there. You just kind of go up. And there's no fear. So you can go as high as you want. And you're not fearful. But I remember going over the trees and going back to that place. And when I got to the place that I was going to leave out of, and it wasn't like there's a door there that opened up the door and you go out. It was just like I knew the next step I took, I would be out of that realm. And I remember standing there for a while and I sensed my body wasn't ready. It wasn't ready. I was so joyful that it wasn't ready. <laughs> You guys said, Wait, why would you be joyful? I'm in heaven. Everything is right. There's nothing wrong. It's past peace. You go to heaven and see if you want to leave. <laughs> so I remember turning around saying, yes. And the forest was before me. And I knew Jesus was on the other side of the forest. But I felt like I could literally go to the left of the forest. So I took a, you could say, a leisure walk. I'm thinking I'm staying now. 
And I go to the left of the forest. And as I'm going to the left of the forest, oh man, all of creation is so, I mean, so joyful. You know, like it was so much welcome me as I moved and smiling at me. Did the trees really smile? I can't say they had a smile on their face, but I felt like they were smiling. Did the flowers smile? I can't say that, but I felt like, was the light there smiling? I can't say that. I just felt like it was that way, you know? And so I'm walking in a way I'm walking. I kind of tell people, it was like I was on a, one of those people movers that you go through the airport on because I kind of was moving, but I was it was moving fast. So I was going through and I saw mountains and they were beautiful mountains. They look like ocean waves because they could move. And I remember seeing them move before me and go from this side of me to this side of me. And as they were moving, it looked like the ocean waves going past me, but they were really mountains going. I just, oh man, this is so wonderful. And I'm enjoying it because to be honest with you, I thought I was going to stay. I knew I had to get back to Jesus. So I came back to Jesus this time around this side of him. And for whatever reason, I went behind him and then came back to that same position I did the first time where he's kind of like a one-fourth this direction of me. If I went there, one fourth for this direction he is. And I bowed down again before him. And I would just remember thinking, man, he sure has had these people here a long time and he's communicating with them. And I knew he was strategizing. He was giving them plans or directions on what to do, not only in heaven, but also in the sense of the angels coming back down to the earth. You know, he was giving them directions on what assignments were given to them on the planet Earth. And so I remember that. And then he said some more things to me, emphasized some things to me, talked to me a little bit more about things there. And I remember the light that was coming off of him. I didn't say this the first time, but there was this great light that was coming off of him. And it was wrapping itself around me because the light there is alive. It's not dead. It's alive. There were so many colors coming from the throne of God. You know, the throne of God was, you could say a distance away from me, but it wasn't a distance because there's no distance. It seemed like even though it may have been, I don't know how many miles away, it seemed like I was right next to it like this. <laughs> I don't know if that's because my eyesight was so good or it just because of God Almighty and how you feel so close to him there. But I can tell you, I didn't feel like I was far away from the throne. I was right there next to it. Even though Jesus and myself and all this multitude were really in this meadow or this, this clearing in the forest area. But then after he downloaded all this stuff and, and he, he communicated to me some more things. And then the next thing I know, he's communicating to all the multitude out there and they're leaving. And one of the things that really got me is, is that after he would talk to them about something, thought to thought, they would bow like this. They literally would put their wings or their arms back like this and they would back out. They never turned around and turned their back to him. They like, and then they would back out. And I thought, whoa. That is so powerful. After that engagement, he looks at me again. He looks down at me again with these beautiful, loving eyes. Sometimes people ask me, what does he look like? And I always say, I can't describe him. He's more beautiful than you can ever imagine. And it isn't that he's just beautiful in that moment. The next moment, he's even more beautiful than that. And the next moment, he's just more beautiful than that. And the next moment, he's just more beautiful than that. He says to me again, no, it's not your time. Go back. Now, like the first time, it was the second time, I was oh, man. <laughs> I didn't say that there, but that's what I was feeling like. Oh, man. <laughs> I go over the trees again. 
I get to that edge part of where I came in at and it looked like I take one more step and I'm out. I get ready to get out. And all of a sudden, again, I know my body is not ready. And I'm thinking, yes. <laughs> so I'm, thinking, I'm thinking, I am staying. You know, and as I come to that realization, I'm staying. I remember later on when I was in the hospital room, kind of make a joke of it. I was laying there and I said, three strikes, you're out. You know, this was three strikes. I was in, <laughs> you know, that type of thing. So the next thing I do is this time, instead of going to the left of me, I go to the right of that forest and I experienced so many great things. It seemed like that side was more of the liquids, like the water, the seas, the rivers, all kinds of things are on this. I'm not, I don't know why they were over on that side, but they were on this. They were more, I say blue, but that blue, like we would say blue, because the colors are there are more vibrant than you can imagine. And God is creating new colors every moment. You know, and they're the original colors. They're not colors like he's mixing this color to make this color. Like I think it's red and blue make purple or something like that. I used to know all my primary colors and secondary colors. I don't know them like I used to know, but it wasn't that type of thing. But everything that was coming off the Father was beautiful. I travel through, I see things, I experience some things. I've seen a lot of different animals on that side. You know, there's a lot of animals in heaven. You know, it kind of surprised me how many horses were in heaven. <laughs> and yet the Bible says that Jesus is going to come back on a horse. And then I thought, wow, you know, all this stuff is right there, you know. But there are so many different things there. Some creatures I've never seen on this planet. I remember coming back and trying to look at National Geographic or some underwater show to see if I could see some of the creatures I saw there. Some I did, some I haven't seen on this planet. And then I get right back to Jesus. And this was, oh man, they were always there. I don't know why I didn't recognize them the first time I came in. But here again, I go back to the same spot I went to before with Jesus. He's about one fourth to the side of me, of me here. And I'm looking at his feet, then I look up and on the other side of him, I see my family. I see my grandmother Mary standing out front. She's on a group over on this side over here, and she's standing out front. And then behind her were other relatives, and then behind them were relatives. And it was generation after generation after generation after generation after generation of all those that had a connection with Jesus Christ and the Father. They were in heaven, and they came to greet me in. Now, I know they were there the first time I was there with Jesus. I know they were there the second time I was Jesus. I didn't focus in on them at all. I focused mostly on Jesus. But this time, for some reason, I focused on Jesus. Then I focused in on them. And I saw my grandmother, Mary. Sometimes people say, what did they look like? And I get to describe them. But you got to remember, mostly every time we just try to describe somebody, it's in time. And there's no time in heaven. There's no time. There's none. There's nothing to measure time with. Okay. And so it's hard to describe people in heaven because there's no time. I tell people they were shiny, they had a big smile and pure joy. Now, they didn't have a body like we have on this planet, but their spirit, okay, which is more solid than our body is because it's eternal and this body is really temporal, fits the entire being. They had arms, legs, everything we have here, but it was a spiritual form. And even the face that I have here, it wasn't just, what do you say, a light and you couldn't recognize it. It had the form that I have right now. And theirs did too. It's just that to say they were young, I would be way short that because there's no time there. 
And so you can't measure um, the beings there by time. And I say beings in the sense that they're being everything God created them to be. So as I was looking at my family members on the other side of Jesus, I described it this way. They were shiny. They had a big smile and pure joy. They were shiny because Jesus Christ was shining out of them. You know, he was just brightly shining out of them. They had pure joy because of where they were. There was no worries. They're, they're in a place that is that is really past peace. There's nothing to be peaceful from, you know. And then they had a big smile. And I still probably, if I remember anything, it's that big smile. That big smile is probably more than anything else that I remember about my relatives there and really every being there because they were all smiling. But I just remember that smile. And I thought later on, why would they have that smile? First of all, they had no worries, none at all. You know, they got along. And then I thought later on, I said to myself, wow, I got to see my entire family in heaven smiling. And I thought, I've never seen that on the planet. I've never seen my family here on the planet smiling all at the same time and enjoying each other so much. I just remember thinking to myself, you know you in heaven when you see your entire family smiling <laughs> and getting along. You know? And it was something else. I didn't know that family was like that in heaven. I thought we were all the family of God and we all would see each other and that would be the way it is. But you guys, the reality of it is family's important to God. And I came to understand that. There was people there that I didn't think would be there. I thought they didn't go to heaven because they didn't meet the criteria I had for them. They met God's criteria, but they didn't meet my criteria. And you say, what is God accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? You know, that's the criteria that God is asking. My criteria is accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and then do all these other things to prove that you accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. And I remember one lady, my Aunt Barbara, which was my favorite aunt, she was there. And she was shiny. She had a big smile and pure joy. And I thought about it later on as I processed this in my hospital room. Here I was. I thought Aunt Barbara wasn't there. I thought she was in hell. And yes, she was in heaven. And the only way you get there is through Jesus Christ. And I had to say to myself, when did she accept Jesus? I even thought people are going to ask me, when did she? And I came to understand it didn't matter if I knew she accepted Jesus. It mattered if he knew. That was the most important thing, that he knew that they accepted him. And I came to understand that with my Aunt Barbara. You know, I was glad she was there. Don't get me wrong. You know, I was so glad she was there. And I was even happier later on when I thought it wasn't about me. It was about him. And it didn't matter if I knew as long as he knew. That was the most important thing. So it was really something to see my family there and then to see the generations. I didn't know that many people in my family even had a connection with God. Or I knew a few of them, but not that many because it was generation after generation after generation after generation after generation after generation. I, I want to record that sometime just playing on the side so it keep on going on. <laughs> but the reality of it is this. My family was there and they came to greet me in. That's why they came there. They came to greet me in. You know, I always tell people we were created to be with our family forever. Family was created in the first chapter of Genesis. And I say that because I got people that it's not to the third chapter that someone mess up. But in the first chapter, they were created to be together forever and they'll get along. They'll love each other. They'll be happy with each other. They won't have any issues with each other. 
we'll be able to experience family like to see the way God really meant it to be. And those that are adopted out there, you'd be grafted into the family. And not only will you have what I call your biological family or your DNA family come to greet you in, you have your grafted family come to greet you in. Same thing with step parents. You know, we don't realize that power of being grafted in. So here it is, you guys. My family comes to greet me in. Jesus downloads a lot of stuff in me. I get to experience what it's like to be in heaven and all of heaven coming together and, and praising and worshiping God. But as Jesus, after everything, all that, all of a sudden, Jesus looks at me again and he says with a command, strong command, no, it's not your time. Go back. I felt like all the creation that was in front of me moved out of the way and said, he's not talking about me. He's talking about you. <laughs> you know, I felt like a, a soldier. You know, I used to be in the Air Force. I felt like a soldier. I felt like I went, yes, sir. You know, that type of thing. And then I got ready to leave. I felt like he was saying, I need you there more than I need you here. That's what I felt like. He didn't say those words, but that's what I was feeling. That's what I was sensing. And my grandmother Mary is there and she looks at me as he's saying this. And she says, bring as many of us back with you as you can. And she's talking about my entire family here on the planet Earth. So I bowed before Jesus like this went over those trees again, got to what I call the edge of heaven, took a step and I was out and headed back to this realm. And I just remember coming back to this realm so fast and I was sad. I felt like a baby crying really hard. I remember coming into the hospital room, hovering over my bed where the body was. They had really stopped working on me and started putting things away. The doctor even said he was signing the death certificate at that time. And I remember, <laughs> I don't know why I did this. I looked at my body, it was down there. I looked at it. I came in and hovered over it. And then I turned over and went into my body like that. And the doctor's always up and hit the, you know, heart monitor go beep, 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 beep. Started beeping. They started coming back over there. They intubated me, put the tube down my throat. You know what that's all about. They get me breathing again and, and all that type of stuff. But it was really something. You know, I didn't really want to come back, but I felt like he was saying, I need you there more than I need you here. And how did I change? I look at things from an eternal point of view. I don't have the same grasp as I did before on things. And what I mean by that, holding on to things. It's not that I free the let them go because I know we need them here on the planet, but if they go, I don't grieve over them. Somebody better grab what I just said there. You know, that was one of the changes. My wife could probably tell you more of the changes because she saw the difference in me. We had to literally develop a whole new relationship together because I was not the same man. And I was a good man before I left. I was a good father. I was a good husband. But when I came back, I wasn't the same man. And me and my wife literally had to spend time together all over again to develop a whole new relationship because she had a different man in her life than she did before I left the planet. She did tell me the next time that it happens, she ain't praying me back. <laughs> she gonna let me go. But I will tell you, that's what she said the first time. So I don't know if she got keep that word again this time because the first time she said, I'm not praying you back and she went to praying me back. <laughs> so, but that's the story. And there's a lot more I could say, but that's the story that I get to share with you. I hope you enjoyed it. I had a good time telling you. <laughs>